besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Hey, Wimbledon, uh, we didn't get last year. For the first time, I think, since World War II, uh, this is the most prestigious tennis event uh, in the world, as we all know. It's going to be back this year, but with a bit of a different look. So uh, I thought I'd better get a man who knows the, the grass courts, every just blade of grass of them. Uh, one of our most successful ever tennis players and tennis royalty in this country. One of the Woodies, uh, my favourite Woody, if, if I have to pick one, I'll always have always said that Todd Woodridge is my favourite Woody. Uh, Todd Woodridge, hello to you. What's about that for brown nosing to start with? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good, good stuff, Sam. Good evening. Um, I'm the only one in the country at the moment, so so he can't hear you. But uh, the other one. But um, when you talk about Wimbledon, it, it automatically gets me, um, got, you know, excited. It, it was the dream place for me as a young tennis player to be, first of all, be wanting to go to, but then to be able to have success there was another story. So to have it back on the schedule again this year is very pleasing. So um, I would count out how many Wimbledons you won, but we just don't have enough time um, in, to, before eleven o'clock to go through all of them. But of the one of the eight, nine, nine that you won, yeah, nine, sorry, yeah, nine, nine of the nine that you won, do you have a favourite? It's probably like asking, do you have a favourite kid? But we all know the answer to that question is yes. Yeah, well, yes, I do, and I guess the reason. Um, it's the first one uh, in 1993. Yeah. Um, long time ago now. Geez, it sounds, sounds so far. It's, it's another lifetime. But it, it, the reason it's that first one is that I, you can walk away going uh, with a title beside your name saying, I'm a Wimbledon champion, and that's something incredibly special. And um, for Mark and I, we obviously went on and won five in a row. We lost our sixth final, 10-8 in the fifth. Um, to the Dutch pair, Elting and Hahu. So we'd already broken a record by winning five in a row and we came back a couple of years later to win to win our sixth together and then I went on with a few more with Jonas Bjorkman. But the first one um, was, was that one where you actually win it and uh, I remember having this conversation with Stan Smith, one of the great Wimbledon singles champions, and said, Stan, what do you feel like? Because I said, when we, when we won, we shook hands, sat down, it didn't feel like it was over. It didn't feel like you could have actually achieved the thing that you're out to do. So I remember that vividly, um, you know, sitting at the side of the court, sort of thinking, well, that can't be it. There, there must be more. There must be another match. But, uh, but there wasn't. And I suppose one of the things that I then look back on is that I actually never felt any pressure playing at Wimbledon, weirdly. Um, normally when you win a big tournament, you feel that expectation and pressure of having to defend a title. I never had that expectation. There was always, oh, I've got a good opportunity to win it again, which um, became a really good mindset. It, it's, um, it was an extraordinary run that you, you mentioned that, that you went on and the success that you had. And I, I remember as a kid, we, we, we had a guy that used to come to our primary school and, and, and do some tennis lessons with us and and he always would say why don't you come and do a bit more he had a thing called the 100 club and if you could get a 100 shot rally with him then he would offer you free coaching and I was able to do it one day and he said why don't you come and play and, and actually you know put some time into tennis and I said I reckon I'd only want to do it if I could play doubles and he said why and I said because I'd have a teammate oh yeah interesting well, in my, is, that, my... is that part of what you felt as you? That was where you had your success. But was that part of the joy of it for you as well? I guess so, a little bit. It's interesting that that you put it that way. I what I found is that I enjoyed communicating um, the tactics 
of what doubles was. And obviously, my singles career was still reasonable. Um, and but but I I think what happened for me is that when I played singles um, and I get frustrated, I became very inward, and mm. I would get very negative talking to myself. When I had a doubles partner, I could tell him what I was thinking, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> whether it be good good or bad. But the the negative um, wasn't there because I was able to verbalise and get it out and be be proactive about solving the problem. And and that was one of the things I did always enjoy about um, about being on a doubles court. And and I think probably my temperament was was far better uh, because of that. My expectation was slightly different. I didn't feel like I was failing. I was able to do something for somebody else. So, um, yeah, your, your answer to having a teammate, uh, I've never looked at it as a teammate in that sense because, you know, I think of a team sport as, you know, having a football team or cricket yeah. team or something like that. But um, in essence, yeah, it, it, it was part of the reason was sort of being able to communicate was certainly one of those key points for me. We're speaking to Todd Woodbridge on uh, the Sporting Capital SEN. So, Todd, all that, all the history in and all the prestige in tennis, whilst it does have four majors, it does centralise on Wimbledon. It is the, you know, it is the pinnacle of tennis. No Wimbledon last year because of COVID, and they've made some announcements today uh, on its return, and, and they're significant. They are. Well, if you think about it last year, it was the only major that didn't go ahead. But yeah. they were fortunate enough, the All England Club, to um, still have one more year left of their pandemic insurance. So they were able to take home £180 million, I believe it was. Um, and so financially, they're in really good shape. Um, now, as we look to this year, um, they obviously want to get the tournament played. They don't want another asterisk sitting on the board. And they're looking really good. And I'm sure it's going to be a solid tournament at this point. They're looking at having 25% of crowds allowed in and they'll continue to talk to the government a lot like we did with our Australian Open about whether it can, can, can grow. Obviously, vaccination in the UK is doing well. So I would expect they might get a little bit more than that. Um, but they do. They are putting in similar types of rules at what we had with our playing group and in terms of trying to keep a bubble quite tight, encouraging the players um, uh, that they act. It was not encouraging. They've actually told them that they all have to stay in a hotel accommodation, which is very unusual for Wimbledon because the majority of players usually hire houses around the Wimbledon area. If, if any of the listeners are not used to Wimbledon, it's, it's basically a suburb. It's sort of like you know, playing it down on the Mornington Peninsula with yeah. houses and everything around. So that, that's, a, that's a big change. Um, but it, but prize money is going to be normal and all of that. So, so it's looking very good. Is that causing as much consternation as it did with some of the players in, in Australia? Or was that more the quarantine side of things rather than having to, to uh, stay in a hotel? Yeah, it was more, that was more, you know, the quarantine yeah. being sort of mocked up or, you know, where we had the situation of the three planes that went into the hard lockdown and no practice. I think this will be a bit of an issue for the All England Club. But, look, you've you got to do what you've got to do right now to keep on playing. Um, the, 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 the next major that we're all going to be really focusing on is the French Open in just a, a few weeks' time. That'll get underway. Um, it's been pushed back a week because um, uh, France is still in a, in a hard lockdown for the whole country. Um, so, so we're hoping that, that that gets up. Now, the UK is in a much better position than what France is. So um, when you look at the playing group, at this point, it's been, a, it's been a really tough year. They haven't been able to play for uh, the prize money that they've been used to. There's been a lot of tournaments that haven't got up. Uh, and I think the playing group are pretty understanding that if they got the, the opportunity to play a grand slam for full purse and the, the recognition of the major, that they'll do what they have to do.
So uh, 25% crowd capacity, from what we understand, and no rest day, which is, this is pretty big, on the Sunday. Well, yeah, yeah the rest day, they, they they have a rest day this year, 2021, um, in 2022. So that's oh, yep. championship. Yep, the one after, they're going to take that middle Sunday um, away. And, of course, that's been a, one of the traditions of Wimbledon for well, ever since I, I was there that you have this rest day. But I think it's a no-brainer for the All England Club to actually play on Sundays. It's far better for the players, it's better for the broadcasters, and it's better for the fans. The only people it's not better for is... Um, how it works at Wimbledon is they have all the armed services that come in and work for free um, and they do all the ushering and the security and all of that and they used to give the armed services a day off um, and now obviously that, that's not going to happen but if you think about it they used to have what they called Manic Monday um, when all of the round of 16 was played on the one day so for a broadcaster absolute nightmare because you'd have Roger, Rafa, you know, Serena, Ash Barty all playing at the same time and, um, and, and so you're not able to showcase um, the bigger matches as, as as well as you'd like. So the extra day now makes that work much better. So I think um, a lot of people won't like it, and it is a, a breakaway from the, the history of what Wimbledon has done. But um, Wimbledon have been very good at, at, at slowly changing things and, and doing what's right, and I think for them financially too, it will be mm. uh, an important move. And is it true that uh, that was what the Bengals named the song after, Manic Monday, or...? <laughs> I'm not sure. I couldn't help. I, didn't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's Sorry, Todd. Like an Egyptian. I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, um, Ash Barty, it's been a, a little bit of, um, and this is what happens with tall poppy syndrome from time to time. Uh, people want to come after you when uh, you're at the top of the tree. The, the criticism around her holding on to number one ranking, how proud of you were, were you of the way in which she handled that and also the way in which she's responded winning two tournaments in the last three weeks? It's been mighty impressive because mm. uh, I, I think there, rightfully so, there was some talk about you know should it be the way it was, um, but that's that were the rules that were put forward. And as we know, Ash didn't play at all last year. Then she comes out at our Australian events and she wins the the, the lead-in tournament and then plays well at the Aussie Open. Um, doesn't go all the way. Doesn't play her best match. And that was actually what I would have expected of her, given that she'd had no match play. She was fit and healthy and everything, but you needed the matches. So that was when the question started to say, is he really the number one? Because Naomi Osaka has won the French. She, uh, Sorry, not the French. She won the US Open um, in September. Then she came out and won the Australian Open. She's got two majors under her belt. Shouldn't she be the world number one? Well, Ash has put that to bed now because she's gone to the US. She wins uh, in Miami. Um, she won in Stuttgart last week, uh, quarterfinal in Charleston. And she's shown that, yes, she deserves the ranking. Um, she's doing everything that she needs to do and absolute class the way that she's come uh, and, and held this form and, and the confidence that she's shown. Um, I, I think maybe there, it looked like there's going to be a, a wobble at the Australian Open and, you know, maybe the confidence wasn't there and all of that, but look, she's put that to bed and she goes into the French Open as a, a very strong favourite. And I think Wimbledon, we've talked about that, that'll be a little bit of a different scenario for her because yeah. I actually think she's better on the clay now yeah. than maybe the, than what she is on grass. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see how she begins her defence, which starts in Madrid soon. Uh, and she has spoken about the fact that she she, she doesn't go into the grass court tournaments to lose um, when asked about her record on both. So, 
Um, one of the things we love about Ash Barty is, is there's a real grit and a steely resolve, which I think Windsor a lot of admirers. Obviously a wonderful human being too, but there is a fighter in her that uh, people really get behind. So we can't wait to see how it unfolds. Hey, Todd, it's been a real pleasure and a privilege to have you on. I really appreciate you giving up the time. Thanks. Thanks, Sam. And little, I'll give, give uh, Tell Nine a little shout-out if I can because we've got both the coverage of the, of the French and Wimbledon on uh, Nine and also streaming all the outside courts will be on stand. So um, that, that's a first for what we've had to those both majors. So looking forward to getting back to work. Hey, how, comments, I'm looking, that's going to be great. How good is that? So Channel Nine and on stand as well. Todd Woodbridge, tennis yep. royalty, mate. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Uh, there we go. What a thrill. Uh, wonderful access, and we appreciate Todd's time. one uh, 736 uh, Interesting new uh, regulations being put in place for Wimbledon, and we appreciate Todd coming on to give us his thoughts on them. Uh, Damien, stay right there. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 A-League action tonight as well. Uh, 3-1, Melbourne victory continue on their winning ways. Uh, they put three in the back of the onion bag. Uh, 3-1 over Newcastle. So... They uh, just maintain their uh, healthy lead at the top of the A-League table over Sydney FC. They're three games clear now. So uh, Melbourne City, could this be the year? Uh, footy Tinder, one 736 Got a round of golf to get away to you. And there is a uh, just a really nice mix of issues and statements for you to get swiping on. We'll do that next on the Sporting Capital SEN. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.